Speak between the lines podcast. The shit that's uncool to talk about, we make cool to listen to. All right, Ooh, all right. All right. Let's get it cracking. Let's get it. All right, Speak between the lines podcast, episode 143. It's your boy, Young Rez. Join with J Rock. Can you get us signing in? <sighs> it's a special day. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. We have a celebrity in the house. A YouTube sensation. <laughs> a young phenom. Yeah, no, nah, don't shake your head like that. Don't shake your head like what? that. What? <laughs> An immovable object. <laughs> An unstoppable force. But trust me, when you hear this story, I'm telling you, like, it is life-changing. And so we have just since i was gonna say mindset coach uh, but, but no well no hold on i do want to get into that too because obviously we're going to talk about your story and how you overcame uh probably the biggest hurdle economically in america is debt right but you also do you know mental health you talk about you know psychology and and just well-being and so i do want to get into that too but First of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We know you're out in Vegas. Uh, you're what? A couple hours behind us? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like five o'clock here in the afternoon. Mm. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and just, so she's going to do this whole pie and then literally go to the night. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a right. minute. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, are you, are you close to the strip by any chance? Mm, I mean, Vegas isn't so big that you're, anyone is too far from the strip. Yep. So it's about mm. 50. 20 minutes away quickly. Oh, oh yeah. You right down the street then. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, I, speaking about Vegas, we actually just came from there, me, me, my wife, and my daughter, and we were wondering, like, okay, well, people that live here, do they just be at the strip like that, or is that more of like a tourist thing? Because the airport's right there. So. Well, I mean, if, if you work at the strip, then you're at the strip. Some people, you know, hang out um, downtown. A lot of locals hang out downtown. But... I think most people are living, you know, they're working, they're, they've got their families and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I think it's kind of like when you have an attraction near your house, you don't necessarily always go see the attraction. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes we're like, oh, we live, oh, wow, look at the strip, we'll drive past it. And it's like, oh, that mm-hmm. thing is there, you know? So oh, yeah. personally, um, after my after my, my partying days, which were short-lived, because <laughs> um, <laughs> I decided to get out of debt, um, then I wasn't really on the strip as much. But yeah, it depends on the person. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, hold on, pump the break. So obviously the partying life stopped while you're trying to get out of debt. For the but, most part, yeah. But once you got out of debt, did the partying life... Mm-hmm. It's a party. It's a party. Hey. It's a. <laughs> it was supposed to. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but then there was a pandemic, so that so then that kind of oh, that kind of crushed my dreams. It's okay though, so because uh, I'm stacking cash. But yeah, it, I mean that's a part of the story is that I it's tough. I was 26 when I decided to get out of debt. So mid 20s in Vegas, friends are at Encore Beach Club. I'm at work. So it's like, you know what I mean? But yeah. it, was, it was okay. Tough. Yeah. Tough yeah. Was- <laughs> <laughs> you come out of the club. Nah, I'm going to go to work tonight. I'm going to be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so it was not, it was not easy, but it was, it was definitely necessary, you know? For sure. For sure. So I didn't, we didn't even explain this to you before we started, but we have a segment on our show called wins and losses. And yeah, so pretty much what that is, um, we kind of look back over our week and if there was a win or something positive happened, we would kind of explain it. Or if you took an L, this is a loss, something negative happened, um, we would kind of just kind of just share it and all this stuff would have you. Um, do you have, I know we kind of just, 
I could do this on you. Do you have a win or loss for this week or? Yeah, um, I think the wins continuously are just watching how the people that I've been able to connect with on the internet, right? Like having this conversation is a win, you know, meeting people from all over the world um, and being able to chat about this this stuff that I'm a nerd about um, yeah. is, is a win. And always like every single day, you know, people in my community are sending me DMs or responding to comments and saying, you know, I found a new job or I paid off my car or, you know, I, I've, I've been able to, um, get in control of my my spending, my budget and whatnot. So th that's always constantly a win. Losses or yeah, losses I think would be, um, you know, daylight savings has, has kind of made life a little challenging here. Um, <laughs> At five o'clock, weird. I'm trying to create a, a, this new habit of waking up earlier. And yeah, this week it has not been, it's not been happening. So. Mm -hmm. There's that. Yeah, for sure. Different. <laughs> waking up early is hard, man. I tried it. I tried it, especially like at the new year when you have all these goals. Like waking up early was definitely one because I went to like stretch out my days. Mm, that yeah. lasted until about maybe February second. Until January fourth. <laughs> yeah, it was good too. I was waking up, meditating. I would read. Man, I don't know. Something happened. I just kind of just lost. But I need this conversation is making me think that I need to get back on track with that. Because I do miss that. Let me tell you, when you got two newborns in the house, bro, waking up is like a thing. Like, yeah, a thing. God oh. bless you, by the, by the way, with that. Because that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, gentlemen, we'll get to our wins and losses so we can yeah. hop into the show. Or Let's go. Uh, so this week I have a dub. So, as, you know, as you guys know, for my job, I have a, I'm helping out with training as a coach. Mm -hmm. This week was my first aha moment for somebody where I'm trying to That's teach me. them something and they finally got the concept. So mm -hmm. just seeing that light bulb come on for somebody, that was pretty nice this week. That's what's up. It's, it hit different, don't it? It does. Mm -hmm. It hits completely different. Because as an agent, he's like, I don't care. I don't care about you. But when you're the one teaching, it's like. Stuff. You, I don't care. This is real because you have to try to spoon feed. You try to hired you as a coach. Take steps, steps, steps. <laughs> you need some coaching tips from Yo. Sit, bro. What you doing, man? Get <laughs> real. Him, pick him. <laughs> I, I'm keeping it real. When 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 you're doing your job, and it's only about you. Your focus mm -hmm. is on yourself. When right. your job is on focus on other people, you focus on other people. More responsibility, right? How does that feel? Uh, is it can be? It's very challenging. You know, you know, you're part of their story now, mm -hmm. like yeah. their legacy, like what they build. Actually, you're a part of that now, and that's the pressure side of it. Because, mm. like, now I want to make sure the people I'm directly responsible for, I want them to be the best out of everybody. Mm. <laughs> be the wrong end of the story. Look at this dude. Like, <laughs> come back on the phone. Don't care about nobody else. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's what's up, man. I'm glad you're getting a hang of the culture thing because you've been in it for a few months now. So mm -hmm. that's what's up, mm -hmm. dude. Um, I don't know. I want to explain the wins and losses. I don't even think I have one to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm getting better at skating. So I took on this new habit just kind of like roller skating. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I remember I'm, that video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I fell. Yeah. Was, yeah. I'm, fall, I'm falling less now. So yeah. that's a good thing. And um, 
Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. I, there's a there's a popular skating ring in Vegas that I wanted to go to, but we didn't have time to. So yeah, I'm getting I'm getting better skating. I'm going to post my first like good routine video maybe here in, like a few weeks or something like that. So yeah, y'all be on the lookout for that. You know what I'm saying? So, get that routine down. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, I caught a dub, and actually, I, my dub is fresh out the oven. Uh, it's probably like three hours old, maybe. Uh, so you know, it's a good day when your soup hits you up and it's like, yo. What you think about having four day uh work days? What working four <laughs> days and I got two newborns in the house? Sign me up. Interested. They was like, What shift? I don't care. <laughs> Bruh, give me, give me whatever. So I'm I should be working Monday through Thursday, starting probably like within two or three weeks. Mm. Bravo, Big my guy. Time. Big time. Oh, by the way, Abe, I meant to I meant to call you uh because I was talking to my wife about that. Bruh, we mm. have to um I need you to skip work one day, and uh, I need to basically have a a daddy day where you and Alani and me and the twins all get together and like we just do something. Okay. Oh. I mean, I, well, I mean, you I, could be sick. Let, you could be, let me let me check. Right, like, this yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. going out live. You know, let me just see. Listen, I don't know if I can just skip work, but. <laughs> Right, we can, can definitely do on the weekend together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of these days. I mean, a look, holiday, a holiday, a holiday. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe you know what? A Saturday or something. Yeah, Good Friday. Good Friday. Yes. There you go. All right, I got you, bro. No, say less. We can definitely do that. Woo! Just sent. <laughs> Made amazing, amazing story, and we haven't even like really even said yeah, touch it. I haven't even touched it. Ninety. Okay, so before we so before we jump into that, so we had this idea because it's it's Women's History Month, right? And so we had this idea of, you know, making sure we had women guests throughout the throughout the month at least. Um, and Rez brought your name up, and he was like, you know, you check out this story and all this stuff, and he sent us a link, and it was like, uh, this lady paid off ninety thousand dollars. Was it in three years? Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, what? Ninety thousand dollars in three years you paid off in debt, and I was just like, "What?" Right, that's a lot. Like, Rez, if you can get her on the show, <laughs> <laughs> that because that's an amazing story, especially especially to be that so much in debt. Um, because a lot of people, when they're that deep in debt, you don't even they don't even see mm -hmm. the finish line. They don't even maybe even look for it. So. Man, we, we definitely got to get into that. But I just thought it was just that's an amazing thing because it takes a lot of dedication, as you'll probably explain, a lot of, you know, diving in, a lot of sacrifices that, you know, you'll get into. But um, the first question that I had was, why? Why did you decide to pay off debt? I mean, a lot of people are OK living with it. A lot of people are OK with they just they just figure that it's a form of life that they just. Debt is something that's accumulated yeah. and it's something that sticks with you. And that's just what it is. So, you know, what was your, I guess, breaking point to where it was like, look, man, I need to get up out of this and just dive in the way that you did. Yeah, I think why was basically because I'm borderline bougie. So <laughs> yeah, I did not get right there. Pause, pause. I love that answer. Yo, it's, it's, oh it's, it's either you're 100 percent or you're not. That was a fire answer. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. I was yeah. like, well, such and such. She's like, yeah, you know what? I seen so many examples. <laughs> right, right, right. I was I was watching Motivation Speak. 
no, no, no. What was that Jim Rohn? Right what was that Jim Rohn? Like, <laughs> I have my day of disgust. Yeah. That's what it is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. When I mean, when I think about the quality of life that I want to live and need to maintain, it costs money. So, <laughs> so I'm like, so like, okay, as opposed to thinking, or I, I guess essentially kind of being empowered to create the life that I want and not wait around for someone else to try to do it for me. So, you know, I knew going into debt was not a good idea from the get go. Okay. I didn't want to, but I didn't have a strategic intentional plan to avoid going into debt. And when we live in a society where debt is normal and we should expect to pay it till we die and, and everyone makes cracks jokes and all that fun stuff. Well, at the meantime, like people cry themselves to sleep, getting broken up, divorced, not dating because their debt held up, can't buy a house, whatever, like all of these things that get in the way because of debt, you know, mm-hmm. um, I grew up, I'm first generation. So I was born in Uganda, raised in the States. And so um, I grew up in a family of high achievers and taking on challenges is not new. So uh, by the time I got to my personal finance journey, I had taken on challenges and been successful in other areas of my life. So it was uh, not easy, but easier, I would say, Mm -hmm. transition the skills that I practice in other areas of my life to finance um, when I got to it. So why really was because I do, you know, have who has made decisions and sacrifices for me to be in the position that I'm in, um, that I do feel kind of intrinsically motivated to, to be able to, I guess, maybe to some level is make them proud, but just honor the things that they did as well as time, you know, I didn't have any kids, I wasn't married. And so it was, how do I also leave a legacy behind for if it's my nieces and nephews, if it's other people that look like me, if it's, right. you know, someone that I don't even know, um, that I, I was committed to making sure that my life was really like the true epitome of me reaching my potential. And so I didn't see myself reaching my potential with debt being a part of the story, because essentially if I were to continue to allow debt be in the drive driver's seat, okay, then that's me allowing a limitation of, right, the mindset that people have around, oh, well, it's not possible to get out of debt. No, because mm-hmm. I live in an abundant mindset. I, li- I operate from abundance. It's innate mm-hmm. in all of our lives. So anything is possible. So if I can get rid of this thing, then it's like, well, what's next? You know what I mean? Right, so right, right. Um, that among with, you know, wanting to like make it rain at Whole Foods every now and then. I just like, don't, <laughs> like, <laughs> don't want to live. You know, you all organic like, you food around here. Yeah. <laughs> what? We don't want nothing processed, only the organics in this buggy. What? Wasn't expecting Whole Foods. You're from Vegas. <laughs> make it rain. I thought something else was coming. Oh, you know, oh, we're going to the Vegas strips. <laughs> <laughs> Party days after the pandemic. I Hold get up. it. <laughs> Damn, that's what's up. That's what's up. So ninety thousand was was that the cap for you? Was that the, the ceiling, and you worked your way down, or? No, I actually. So I, my cousin got me the book, The Smart Money Woman, um, Christmas two thousand sixteen. So I started reading it January twenty seventeen, and in one of the chapters, she tells you to calculate your net worth. So when I calculated mm. it, it was negative seventy thousand ish at the time. So mm. I started in about negative seventy. Um, I ended ended up paying off over ninety four. So I just rounded mm. to ninety 
because that's an easier thing for, for people to remember. Um, but yeah, I ended up paying off over 94, but it started at 70. So what I said was, all right, you know, and at the time I wasn't making enough money to pay off my debt. So I had a master's mm. degree. The backstory, you know, it's, it's, there are things leading up to what, you know, my debt-free journey and my personal finance journey, as far as like going to grad school to become a therapist at the same time as like getting divorced and then losing my dad, you know, a few months later. And then mm -hmm. while I was in my grief was when I accumulated a lot of my debt. So mm -hmm. um, about 2016, 2017 was when I was coming out of what I call like the grief storm. So, um, so it really was me looking at a piece of paper, if you're before talking about like, what was it that made you like, you know, decide or start whatever. And I was like, oh, cause usually your debt is all in different places. Your student loans are over here, your mm -hmm. credit over here, your car's over here, your medical's over here. So you never see it all together. So I had never calculated my net worth before. I was I don't know, Beyonce has net worth, like Shonda Rhyme, she got, I didn't really right. take of like, oh, I have one of those things. I should know what it is. I should be, you know, um, working toward improving it or increasing it. And so seeing it on paper was like, oh, hmm, like we have, we have dug ourselves a deep hole here, you know? So wow. that's when I found myself at a crossroad, like I could keep going down this path and mm -hmm. I already know I don't like it, right? Like, I don't think anyone likes being in debt. I've not met that person, would love to talk to them if, if they exist. But the other side was, oh, the struggle. The other side was, what if, what if, right? Entertaining possibility. And that's a mind shift, a mindset shift that has to occur is like, well, what if the good thing happens? The good thing would be getting out of debt and being able to do what after that? Well, live however you would like to. If I want to leave the country and not be worried about having to make a certain amount of money because I have these bills to pay or whatever, or being able to take as much time as I want off when I do have kids because money is not an object. And so mm -hmm. um, entertaining possibility was what led me to say, well, that feels good. I like how that feels. I want to walk toward that feeling. Um, and so the decision came first because I think I made like $17,800 in 2016 with a master's degree. I was wow. broke. I was broke. Wow. <laughs> so there's that. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm, I'm actually glad that you said that. I'm, and I don't want to take too much of the interview. I'm going to let you guys get in. But you had said something and then, you know, followed up with what you were making is, you know, people, they'll see, Oh, ninety thousand dollars in three years, and they'll kind of start thinking negatively about their own situation. Like, well, oh, well, how did how much does she make? She probably makes X amount of dollars a year. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She can do that. But the fact that you said you didn't even make what twenty thousand dollars, I looked it up. You just do that. Yeah, I looked it up. I had really looked it up because I also wasn't conscious or really paying attention to what was going on with my money. So that's a part of why I, you know, it was a hot mess. So when I, <laughs> I looked at like my tax return from 2016, I'm like, dang. And I looked it up because I was like, well, what's poverty level? Cause this don't this, this don't seem <laughs> <laughs> and I was like just just above oh, it. I was like, I'm about to say it's right about there. <laughs> <laughs> right about where he is. Yeah. You look like, down there. Like, oh yeah, there it go. <laughs> so, so I had a lot of light bulbs go off when I was yeah. starting to pay attention to my money and, and what I was doing with it. And to me, I say, you know, money is an inanimate object. It does what its handler does. So mm. if I was neglectful mm, and I was aimless, then my money is going to be neglected and it's going to be aimless, you know? And so um, it was really important that that I recognize and that I share with people that it's connected to so many other things. There was a lot of stuff that I learned on my journey that I wouldn't have been able to address or recognize if I hadn't, you know, gone down that path. Mm. 
Wow. Okay, hold up. First off, you're a legend. <laughs> Let's just get that out because that's that's crazy. Um, I, but Rock actually brought something up in his wins and losses, and uh, I actually want to ask you because he brought up the aha moment, right? Um, with coaching, do you remember like what, one of your first like financial literacy aha moments? Like it was just like, oh, that might be random. Um, I think, well, the net worth piece was was one of them because I'd never done it before. But after that, one of the things that I had to do was what the aha moment was the way that your brain lights up when you start entertaining possibility and when you make a decision. So people say, okay, how did you do it or whatever? And one of the questions that I mostly get asked is how do you stay motivated? Like, how did you how did you follow through? People talk so much about motivation, motivation, motivation. And I'm like, Motivation is on the other side of the equals. People think motivation plus something equals success. And I'm like, mm -mm. decisiveness, right? Committing yourself like to a plan, right? Decision plus um, consistent action equals results. <laughs> motivation is like a byproduct. You know what I mean? Right. Like you don't necessarily feel like going to the gym every time, you know, but you decide that you're going to live a well life you commit to consistent action by saying, I'm gonna go one to three times a week. The equal is results. Your heart rate is improved. You know, you're able to carry more groceries into the house at once or whatever the case may be. Motivation is just an extra byproduct. You just feel good after the endorphins, wonderful, fine. So I think that people have the formula wrong when they're thinking about how to hit their goals or how to progress in a certain area. That was the aha moment for me really is like, our brain is a natural problem solver when we allow it to be. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, now I say, you know, if you've ever done a crossword puzzle, you see the words on the side that you're supposed to look for in the square with all of these randomly placed letters or what seems to be these randomly placed letters. What happens is, and this is why I talk about mindset, is that the words that are on the side are what we learn are to, we should be looking for. Lack, limitation, scarcity, um, you know, whatever the case may be. When you say wealth, when you say wellness, when you say wholeness, when you say healing is on the side, that's what your brain starts looking for in the word search. So that's what happened for me was, I wanna be out of debt. Okay, then my brain's like, Let's do it. Here's here are the ways that you can make that happen. So it was like, oh my God, I'm capable of more than I thought. Like, what is it? It's like waking up from the matrix, essentially. Wow. Wow. That was masterful. That was. She she <laughs> she killed that. that she, she did. Wow. That you know, you said what you said about motivation, man. That that is so that is so for real. Because like I was kind of telling y'all, I think I was saying this. I don't know if I've said this before or after, but you know, at the beginning of the year, everybody's motivated to do something, right? Work mm -hmm. out and all that stuff. And then once mm -hmm. that motivation once that motivation dies, what's left, right? right. Like whatever's left is going to have to keep you pushing the determination that the plan that descent was saying. Cause I tell you, like, I, I, I didn't mention this, but I'm like on the journey to pay off my car. Right. And I've mentioned this to the guys on the podcast. It's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm destined to do it and I'm motivated to do it, but when I even motivated, but I'm kind of like zoned in to do it. But man, like when I like pay that extra money and it stings, it's like, Oh, like, and you kind of saw like, well, do I got you? Do I really don't have to do this? I mean, I can make the monthly payments. <laughs> that's the, hey, that's a mousetrap. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I mean, it's it's the mindset of like, look, once I get off of this, then this is gone completely. And I think I think in mindset, like you were saying, just is is more important than than the motivation because motivation will leave you. I mean, mm -hmm. it takes right. it takes 
you having a bad day at work you getting stuck in traffic it can be anything motivation is is, is sensitive dude it can come it's and different. go it really is yes it is absolutely so that was that was a great point that you made um man rock i know you kind of be you got something bro yeah, yeah so so I, I have a couple questions but based on some things that you've been saying I want to, can you tell us how you can figure out what your net worth is? I know a lot of people are hearing you say that, mm-hmm. but to them, it's like, oh, I know Tyler Perry has a couple millions in net worth. I know Oprah, Beyonce, they got billions in net worth, but it's just a word to them. So mm-hmm. how, how can we make it real for the everyday person? Yeah. So, you know, everyone has a net worth and your net worth essentially is your you know, your liabilities minus, or no, your assets minus your liabilities, right? So if you have, I, let me tell you what my situation was. So I, (laughs) I owed, right? I owed over $70,000. What I owned, right? Whether it was, which I didn't own much at the time. I think I owned maybe my car, right? My car was only a couple thousand dollars that I own. So that Mm -hmm. offsets the numbers. So then what happened was, when I paid off my debt, I paid it off, but then I automatically went to the positive because I own my car. So now I was positive, let's say three to five thousand dollars. Or then I was positive, you know, the additional amount that now is. And then once you get rid of the debt, the snowball rolls in the other direction. So by the end of last year, I think I ended almost about 30K positive. And that was just in the bank account. That wasn't including the things that I own in my house. So the thing is that you want to know what your net worth is so that you can understand how much you're, you're costing, like you're costing yourself your legacy, you're costing yourself, you know, your ability to have financial independence. Um, and so it's really what you own minus what you owe. And that's going to be your net worth. Mm. In playing English, I love it. I actually wrote that down real quick. But yo, <laughs> yo, she, she threw a haymaker in there, y'all. Y'all are sweet. She said 30k in the bank. You know, in a positive in a pandemic. Don DeMarco, what that's solid? That's a bar. What that's great. <laughs> that's solid. That's mm. solid. Man, Talk, I, for real. Um, so I want to I want to kind of bounce back to what you said that you were making. Um when you started your journey to pay off debt um and then you know talk about some of the sacrifices you made because you know people who make a lot of money i mean they can really just cut back a little bit and then just kind of start redirecting their funds towards paying off the debt but with you like what were some of the sacrifices that you made to even have to like dive in the way that you did for three years um because that's a that's a long time to to be committed and dive you know and driven to do something like that yeah so so I made the decision to get out of debt. And mm-hmm. so then again, your brain starts going to town on problem solving. And I said, okay, well, how will I get out of debt? Right? Like, that's the question a lot of people ask me too is, well, I should probably manage, like, I should probably know what's coming in and what's going out. So right. that's what some people call a budget. That's what some people call a conscious spending plan or whatever the case may be is just monitoring, monitoring what's coming in and what's going mm-hmm. out. So I'm actually kind of four years into creating a unique monthly budget for, for spending. Mm. Um, and so that had to happen. And, um, and then I had to say, okay, cause people typically have one of two issues, either it's a budgeting issue. Some people make money. They just aren't managing it, you know, enough to hit their goals. Mm-hmm. 
And then some people have an income issue where they're not making enough to, to hit their goals. I had both. I wasn't managing my money and I wasn't making enough money. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to work from, from both angles. Um, budgeting happened first. So that started March, 2017. And then I said, oh, I need to make more money because I reverse engineered my debt payoff date. So what happens is that people say, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get out of debt or I'm working on getting out of debt. And I'm like, when, like when, what, what month, what year, <laughs> you know, people don't right. nail themselves down to a deadline. So mm. um, I said, I want to be out of debt. The next question was, when? I said, it'd be nice to be out of debt by the time I'm 30. I was 26 going on 27 at the time. So really, I think manifestation comes just from pure desire. So I just allow my brain to go to that place mm. um, where a lot of people have a have an easy time going to all the negative places in their brain yeah. and, and thinking about all the, the ways things can go wrong. I've really trained myself to think, well, how could things go well? Like, how could things go right? How could things be phenomenal in your life? Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, three years. What, how much debt do you have? 70K, roughly. Said, okay, 70 divided by three, divided by 12. That gave me kind of my average debt payoff plan. Then mm -hmm. when I look at my budget, I say, okay, well, you ain't got an extra 2K to put towards debt. <laughs> 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 Yo, that's real. That's, that's real. reality. Yo, Yo. Which, which right there in itself would shut people off. Yeah, mm -hmm. game. They'd be like, oh, well, can't do this. All right. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. I need to send this out a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> so then people are like, oh, I'll start on Monday. I'll start next year. I'll start when I get a raise. I'll start when I get a new job or when I'm done with school. So mm -hmm. I was like, nah, you need to make more money. So <laughs> that's what I did. I spent the majority of 2017, you know, finding the right position to um, be able to pay off my debt. So I went mm -hmm. from making $17,800 in 2016, and then I tripled my income by the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. But all of this was only the byproduct of me making the decision to getting out of debt, having a target that I was working toward. Because other, it was just otherwise, you just mm, I don't know. Maybe other people aren't aimless like I was, but <laughs> but that, yeah. that's what it was that. So the, the sacrifices were, um, and I don't even know if I if that's the word I could use because hmm. I I didn't feel like I was sacrifice feels like a lack word, you know, like I was lacking things and I didn't feel like I was operating in lack. I felt like mm -hmm. I was operating in abundance. So if I chose mm -hmm. not to eat out, that didn't feel like lack because I had money in my budget set aside to eat at home. So the, all, the whole mm -hmm. language, all the language that I use had to shift. Now, the things that people would call sacrifices are selling things around my house, I sold my couch, I sold my dresser, I sold my dining table, I sold most things. Um, and then I transitioned into moving with my best friend. So some people would say that's a sacrifice, you know, but I had the opportunity. I got to live with my best friend for a couple of years, you know. I had the opportunity to be able to transition into a living situation that provided me more money to put toward my debt. So all of that is the mindset shifts that mm -hmm. have to change where we say, oh, we're sacrificing and living in lack. Well, no, like you get to do these things so that you can have what you want on the other side of it. So I almost don't even want to entertain that word because to me, I guess the connotation um, kind of makes me think of, of scarcity. But mm. those are the things that people would say are are the sacrifices that I had to make. I wasn't going out and hanging out at Encore Beach Club. <laughs> you know what I mean? My That's a name ready. I liked it. <laughs> my friends were my friends were hanging out, going on trips, and you know that was a sacrifice. But 
I chose, like I made the decision. I chose to stay um, home or I chose to work on certain days. I chose to um, be strategic with my budget and whatnot. And, and that is what helped yield me the results that I've, that I've received. And so a lot of things had to happen time, you know, with family. I told people, my friends and family, like, hey, y'all, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm making myself do a little residency here. Doctors go into residency and they're working almost around the clock. I said, what makes me any difference? Okay. Mm -hmm. So nice. we're going to go into residency. We're going to be working quite a bit here. But on the other side of it, you're an expert. So it benefited me because as far as being a therapist, as a professional, I'm fired. Like, I'm not saying everyone else is trash. I'm just saying because I spent more time on tasks before, mm. because I worked with so many more clients in so many different situations that I set myself up in a different way, mm -hmm. professionally and personally, because of that approach. So I don't think it was sacrifices. I think it was choices. That was a beautiful explanation. Man. That, that was. was amazing. That when was you, when you put the work in to talk different. It's just her talk is different. I, I love Man. it. It's, it's different. So, I have a follow-up question because of that because I, I had a question That's around good. sacrifice, but because of the way you explained it, how do you get people to change their mindset from one of sacrifice of one to opportunity? Yeah. Um, I think that it comes down to really asking people what they want. Like it's what is that guy that whatever that movie is, the notebook, right? When he's like, What do you want? <laughs> you know, he's That's asking good. over and over again. He's like, What do you want? Um, and I think that people know what they want in their mind, but they're scared to say it out loud. And this happens often when I'm talking to clients. Um, I'll say, so what is it that you want to do? And they'll be like, uh, I want to fire my nine to five in a year. Okay, wonderful. Like, let's talk about how that, how we can make that happen for you. And so I think that it goes back to at learning how to entertain possibility and being able to have a conversation where I literally will pinpoint, you just said this, that's from scarcity. You just said this. Mm. That's from that's from opportunity and and desire and what and so just being able to help people see, holding up a mirror for them to see um, the way that they are stifling themselves because people essentially think that their partner is stifling them, their job is holding them back, mm. the government is keeping you from progressing, the whatever is the reason why you can't do or have or be yeah. who you want to be, and a lot of the times it's us perpetuating the things that are holding us back within ourselves. So if you remove yourself as a roadblock, then you can see, okay, of course there are outside forces that maybe aren't supporting your success, okay? But what can you do within yourself, within what's in your influence to change, to make progress? And, and I think that it's those conversations that are really helpful. The language, right, like we mentioned, language is huge. It's how we think, it's how we communicate, it's how we connect. So if we can recognize what our language is essentially informing, by the time someone says something out their mouth, they've invested it in their head. You've been mm. investing in lack and limitation for you say it out loud. <laughs> so getting people to say stuff out loud that they don't typically say or, or, or entertain is where I see that light bulb go off. 
Uh, it's been too long, bro. She 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 dropping too many of them, dog. Like yo, it, it's been a while, dog. Like I had to dust it off. That's what I know you didn't want to say, but I'm saying for you, them other therapists trash, bruh. Bruh. Oh other people trash. She they is, ain't talking about you talking, <laughs> bro. She is cooking right now, like that. Wow. Okay, so wow. let me just say, let me ask you because. Uh, you mentioned, you know, your family and friends, right? And you told them, like, hey, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing, right? Like, how did how did your family and friends perceive you when you told them that this is your goal at the beginning versus once you really got into your groove? Yeah, I think that they know I'm kind of uh, kind of a little crazy. They know I'm a little, they know I'm a little <laughs> a little wild. So I don't think that they they put it too far past me. Um, but I think that it's one thing to hear someone say they're going to do something. And it's mm -hmm. another thing to see them do it and watch and watch them uh, make that thing reality. So thankfully, I didn't really have anyone that weighed in um, negatively or whatever the case may be. They're like, OK, it's off doing her crazy stuff again, you know. Um, and so thankfully, I had a lot of people cheering me on. Listen, my friends are like, oh, well, just you can't come to lunch with us. You're on a budget. Like, right, what you want me here regulating my budget? <laughs> Bruh, they played you like that. Hey, get out of my pocket. Get out of my pocket. Get out of my pocket. What you doing? Yo, right. <laughs> they, they pocket tapping. They, what? They're really supportive. Um, and and they understood. So they understood. I think I had very few people that were like, but why? You know, like, but why would you do that? Because it for themselves so they don't see why someone else would do it like why wouldn't you just do something else with that that money or that time or that energy and effort and so thankfully um they're pretty supportive and then i think as they saw it like really happening and they're like huh and i'm like sharing and you know to me what's been helpful for me is to see something someone do it to sh that someone's authentic transparent so i'm sharing like transparently authentically like you know um, what I'm doing, and people are like, "Oh!" And then that's where possibility lies. Again, that those shifts that occur, those aha moments. Just mm -hmm. like whoever that guy was that ran the four minute mile first, and right. then as soon as he broke the four minute mile, other people, like yeah. thousands of people, yeah. were able to to do the same thing only because they saw the bodies didn't change from before he did it to after he did it. Possibility didn't change before he did it to after he did it. It was just people saw it, and so I mm -hmm. think saw it now it's like you know i'll have people that maybe weren't saying anything while i was on my journey but now they're like oh just that well i paid this off and i'm doing this and blah 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 and so it kind of creates this ripple effect which is cool like people are like oh it's possible for you but it's not possible for me but mm -hmm. then people are like well well if it's possible for you maybe it is possible for me let me try exactly. let, me, mm -hmm. let me see what i can do exactly exactly That's fire. that is that is uh oh go ahead go Oh, I see. Oh, um, three years, long time. Any moments of weaknesses during that during that three years? Tell it, oh, man. I mean, so I, I, I mean, I started making more money than I've ever made. Right when I was yeah. working. How do you get out of debt? I went to work a lot. Okay, so <laughs> while I was working, you know, really, really a lot like seven days a week for a portion of the time um i was sleepy i was kind of tired but i did my best to you know practice self-care and make sure i was well because if i get sick then how am i gonna go to work to pay off my debt which is why i'm doing all this stuff so i think i really was doing quite okay until summer of 2019 so it was about a year before i was done and i was like 
Oh no. I mean, everyone's got like thirty thousand dollars worth of debt, right? Everybody drives cars, right? <laughs> What's thirty G's yeah. in the in the red, not the green, <laughs> white, white and black. Like thirty G's. In the red. Yeah. So it's like having this little, you know, these little these little angels and devils or whatever on your shoulder, and the other one's like, just sent like yeah, you, you could just extend that. You could just pay it off in like five years instead of three, or you could just, you could just. But again, right? Like that's that's the the enemy speaking and saying like, huh. And then uh, Anthony O'Neill's what is it called? Borrowed Future podcast series came out. So it's a limited podcast series. I think it's only like eight episodes, but that came out like right around the time that I was like, you know. <sighs> Why actually be debt free? It's, it's just, I, you'll be debt free, but maybe you'll be debt free by thirty five instead of thirty, and the world would not end, which is true. Right. But you know, I made I made a goal, and I was so close to to finishing that it was like just rip the band aid off and keep going. But that was yeah, two thousand nineteen. Man, and I, I honestly, I don't know. I, it had to have been divine for me to have the thought, you know, when I did to pay it off when I did to thrive and be able to send my energy and my time elsewhere because, you know, I was finishing off my debt when a pandemic hit and it was like, mm. oh, wow, that's crazy. And I was, yeah. I, I was secure in a lot of ways because of the situation I prepared myself for without even knowing, you know? Right. She pulled a Noah. The flood came. That boat was already ready. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? Don't that worry about me. Worry about you. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Did you um? Did you go at it by yourself? Did you have accountability partners or anybody on this debt journey payoff with you that was like, "Oh, you paying off debt? I'm gonna do it with you." Unless y'all did it together, mm-hmm. checking on each other, or you did no. you do it dolo. For the most part, I was kind of as 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 serious as I was. I was mostly by myself, but I had friends that I would talk to, and they're like, you know, this is what I'm kind of working on. This is what I'm doing, things like that. But I did it mostly on my own, which I wouldn't suggest. Okay, um, and and um, I seek to kind of like be other people's accountability partner now because mm-hmm. it is tough, you know, to do um, on your own because maybe a lot of people don't understand why or how or what's involved and how um, discouraging it can be, you know, if you, if there are people in your life that don't understand and that are still um, demanding energy, time, money um, from you that you're unable to, to give to them at the time. So I did it mostly by myself, um, even though I had people kind of cheering me on. Thankfully I have great friends. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now you, mentioned, you mentioned Anthony O'Neill earlier. Like how did you end up uh, connecting with him? Like, yeah, so it's I probably it's probably going maybe in a couple of weeks on a year since I requested to go live on him go live with him on Instagram. So um, I think that prior to now this comes this is my strategies now that I'm telling you all oh, about. Pu- okay? pump the break, oh, oh, the no, 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 don't pump the brake. Let me no. get in yeah. a little bit. <laughs> 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 <on> their friends. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I mean, I just seek to genuinely connect with people that I feel like. You know, I I 
I resonate with or that have helped me in whatever way, shape or form. So I think it was probably a year prior to, oh, it was probably when the Borrowed Future podcast came out, right? So I was already following him, listened to the Dave Ramsey podcast prior to that. And so I would, you know, show people, I'm telling people about my debt-free journey. I would take screenshots of the podcast and say, hey, y'all need to listen to this podcast with Anthony O'Neill. When you tag someone on Instagram, it sends them a direct message, right? So it's not like we were speaking in the DMs, but there's a history that I'm someone that listens to what he says or does or supports, right? And so this is the psychology behind things that when, um, to create like name recognition and association and all of that, right? It wasn't that I was planning like, I'm gonna talk to Anthony O'Neill, but um, genuinely seeking to connect with people that I feel like are doing great work and all that Mm -hmm. fun stuff. So to me, I think that it was the combination of me genuinely kind of doing and fulfilling and and following through with the stuff that he talks about. that he either recognized my face or my handle or whatever the case may be when I did request to go live, right? So as someone that goes live regularly, I'm not gonna let nobody on my live. Mm-hmm. That uh, willy nilly, yeah. You know, some BS, some below right. behavior, okay? So- <laughs> Protect the brand. Okay, so, so, so then I'm like, okay, it was probably that he accepted my request to go live because he's seen my name because when he's on i'm like you know y'all need to go ahead and and grab the book or whatever the case may be not because i'm seeking to get something out of it but because i have connected genuinely um and authentically support everything that he does so um what happened was it was quarantine and everyone was at home so it dawned on me like everyone is at home and my Mm. friend went live with justin bieber who she does not know um earlier that week. And I was like, huh, interesting. This is interesting. So I started to, and I follow people strategically online. So I started to request to go live with every single person whose life was up. So it's not just him that I've gone live with. I've gone live with multiple other people, but it comes from having some level of, of a genuine connection or support for that person. So that's how we connected was I requested to go live with him one morning and he, he, me and him were chatting. I was like, Hey, I'm becoming debt free later this year. I said, thanks for the podcast. It came in right on time. He then posted it to his feed. And I guess a lot of people enjoyed the story. So then his team reached out and was like, Hey, you know, he has a YouTube show um, and would love for you to come on the show and talk about your debt-free journey. I'm like, la, 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 la. Okay. Like, that's great. (laughs) I love talking about being debt-free. And so that's kind of how that came about. Nice. Was that nerve wracking to just be like, Oh, Anthony, accepted your request to go live. Was, Was it like, Oh, snap. It's like, oh, it's, it's real. It's real. <laughs> yeah, you start seeing the little circle and you're like, oh my God. I wasn't ready. I wasn't Look ready. Looking for the lint roller. Like, what? <laughs> oh no. I, I'm surprised. I, I think my cousin hasn't seen that video because she would probably. I would probably get some messages about it. I, it was morning, like I literally like had no eyebrows on, you know, I just had my hoodie on, whatever. I was just like, oh, oh yeah, you know. hoodie on represent. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I think it's still there. If you scroll back, I'm like, yeah, that was not the cutest situation, but whatever. Like, I'm just really transparent. I am who I am, I'm human. Um, and so, yeah, so <laughs> there's that, but um, it was it's always nerve wracking, I think. But when you're living, like when you're actually living, you're doing things that make your heart race a little bit. You, you're going after right. stuff mm. that 
care about your that's living as opposed to people really just doing what's safe or saying, oh, well, there's no way that this is going to happen for me and this isn't going to happen to me. So I think that chasing that feeling um, is also what is why I like to do crazy things like pay off almost six figures of debt. <laughs> Which is, that's crazy. Yo, but the setup is crazy because like that's the thing is like I've so I've really been wanting to like get out of debt seriously probably like I don't know five minutes just after listening to you like I really I really like, I really, it just, it's okay it just like no because speaking it, to people you speaking to people just it, say. it, it re yeah she is it reinvigorated me because you know I was like super like oh man i'm gonna do this right and then then i was like oh snap we got the kids all right cool so we gonna do that for a second but this right. is this is really energizing for me and i appreciate it and one of the things that i'm just i'm just i i would like to get your take on like obviously you hit you you set the goal right and you push towards the mark obviously pandemic happens and it hit everybody right but what what is it like like when you're like when you're approaching that goal and you're like right there. Like, what is it like? What are you thinking about? Like, okay, this is what the future. This is what's next. This is what I'm game planning now. It's kind of so. The way I describe it now is, debt is like rolling up to an amusement park, and you see from the outside all the rides. You can hear people screaming. You're like, oh my, we're going to Knott's Berry Farm or whatever the case may be, right? And so then you get there and you're like, dang, this parking lot's kind of full. <laughs> you know, like, you're <laughs> hmm. And so then you park, you walk all the way to the front. You're like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. I hear people, I'm gonna get a churro, yeah. whatever. And so you get to you get to where you buy tickets and you're like, hmm, there's a line here. That's not fun. So that it's like you have to wait till you can get inside the amusement park. To me, being in debt is like being in line at an amusement park. Mm -hmm. And so it's like getting closer and closer to the front where you're like, oh, I'm getting my ticket, you know, like I'm going inside and you know that there's people on the inside waiting for you because no one goes to an amusement park by themselves. Like Beyonce, I'm sure rents out amusement parks, but she has right. never gone to an amusement park by herself. So it's that you want other people there with you mm -hmm. um, and there's other people there waiting for you. So to me, you know, getting out of debt is like, there's, all, there's people on the other side of this thing. That, that are doing stuff that I can't even imagine. And so, you know, you pay the ticket off and as you're getting closer, you're like, oh my gosh, like, what am I gonna do when I get inside? You're thinking like, this is really happening. Like, I'm really gonna get on these roller coasters. I'm really about to have this funnel cake. Um, and you get inside <laughs> and it's like, now you have this map and it's like, I don't even know where to begin. There's <laughs> <laughs> way too much fun. <laughs> right, yeah. So I think as I was approaching it, I was like, Oh wow, like this is real. Like this is yeah. real. So it's, What's it's next? Kind of, yeah. yeah, it's a it's surreal. It's still kind of surreal. Like every single day I'm like, wow, that's crazy. How, how, how long ago was this? How long ago was this? May of last year. May of last wow. year. Mm. Well, since you've been dead free, what's been pandemic. your favorite ride to get on to be dead free? Watch my <laughs> bank account grow is my favorite ride. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's, in my bank that's the ride. <laughs> like, you know where you're going up on the on the roller coaster. You're like, oh, <laughs> yo, this analogy is working. <laughs> that has to have been a shock, though. I mean, you spend so long like delicating your money to different places, and all of a sudden, like you get a check, and it's like, I have nowhere to put it except my bank account, I guess, until I figure something else out. 
you know, yeah. you're not you're not paying the card, you're not paying this, you're not paying that, you're not paying the credit cards. It's hey, like you, you paying you. Mm-hmm. Seriously, mm-hmm. the one thing that I that I've heard so much um, here recently since I've been kind of on this debt paying off journey is that anytime you pay off a a loan or whatever, you give yourself a raise, and so yeah. that I mean, it's just it's. Like when you, I, at least with me, you're kind of like, even though I'm like so hardcore going into debt, I mean, paying off debt, once I pay off this car, like that's it. And then it's like, that's going to be like the first time where it's like, all right, boom, here's the check. Like, okay. What, what, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have <laughs> nothing to go towards. So I can only I imagine how that, ready. I was <laughs> I, for real, man. So I want to ask you, I want to, well, do you guys have any? Shoot, bro. Shoot. All right. I, I want to ask you, it's, it's kind of personal a little bit. Um, so please, if it's too personal, you let me know. But I was, well, I was kind of talking to the guys. We've actually had discussions about debt frequently on this podcast. And yeah. me and Rudy, we're married. Jay, uh, Jay is our piece single. But one thing that we talked about is like debt and then like somebody maybe you're dating having debt or some like your spouse having yeah. debt. Is there a, now that you're debt free, you're doing your thing. Is there cut off point <laughs> like, so like, like, well, like yeah, what are we doing the person that you're maybe interested in like have debt or have too much debt like what is what is your idea of financially not like you know long walks on the beach or nothing like that but is there like some type of financial literacy well, long walks like, on the strip on the strip now on the strip on the strip because <laughs> you're in the desert long walks on the strip <laughs> <laughs> the freaking <laughs> Yo. Yeah, but is there kind of like a, a financially wise since now that you're debt free? Is there something that you're now looking for in that area versus when you were like you know 90k in the hole? Uh, I I was in a u- unique situation because I wasn't looking to date particularly. I wasn't like trying to wasn't trying to do that um mm-hmm. so, so i think that i was in a different headspace i am mm-hmm. married now um and i have a bonus so um my my now husband who was my my boyfriend at the time um mm-hmm. we started dating what like 2018 2019 right so i wasn't yet debt free um and i shared with him kind of what i was doing because we were friends so i wasn't necessarily like pressed to be dating somebody uh, so that's yeah. what i'm mm-hmm. doing like, this and I was very open about talking about finances because I think it's necessary. Necess- ne- just like any other conversation is necessary, mm-hmm. you know, when you're when you're talking to um, someone, and then especially when you start dating them. Um, and so I, I, I'm a different type of human being, and so I I think it's a personal question because each person has to decide for themselves what they're comfortable with and what they want exactly. to do situation. So I would say that a person has to sit with themselves and ask what they feel comfortable with. You know, is it that you just want to feel like this person is on a plan? Like, you know, what would that look like? What does that plan? Because when you get married, then you wish you sharing. So that's why I asked my now husband to pay off his debt before we got married, because I paid off my debt. So you know, meet me up there. This roll call is already coming up. Respect. Like, I got my ticket. Like, you getting in the game? Where you at? (laughs) (laughs) This one game going to eat itself. That's that's, that's serious. I don't know know of too many people who have the finance talk before they actually get serious and get committed with people. 
Um, right. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you kind of in that headspace and your partner agreed on it, because that's that's another thing that you kind of see in relationships is that one spouse may be, hey, we need to pay off debt. And the other one was like, well, no, I kind of want to buy this and buy that. And so it's cool that you guys were on this on the same page like that. Do you have advice? I'm kind of like reaching for your, your therapy side here in a little bit. Uh, yeah. Do you have advice for couples, I guess, that are kind of like, you know, in the in the. I think. Yeah, I mean, the advice is that the conversations need to be had. Um, mm. And and that's one of the predictors, along with a lot of other things that are going to indicate potential conflicts later down the line. So just like right now, not just, but talking about your in-law, talking about how you want to raise children, talking about faith and what that looks like in practice relationship, talking about you know, um, how you manage conflict about communication, talking about how you collaborate, conflict resolution. So there's a money is just one of the things most people aren't talking about before they do whatever Thanks. they do. So um, so I think that it's holistic in that you need to have conversations if you're dating intentionally on purpose um, about all of these areas, not just money is one of the pieces of, of the entire puzzle. Um, and then you'll be able to sit together and say, well, what is it that we envision for our lives? So people have trouble having the conversation because one, people don't have a great history with money talks, money conversations. So um, they're typically mm -hmm. stressful or overwhelming or people have guilt, shame, embarrassment around um, their situation, their credit score, the debt they're in, all of that. And turn turning the conversation into one about what do we want to create? How do we want to design? You know, what do we want to leave behind um, for our kids? And then that's uh, that's where you can, kind of bridge the gap between this conversation that might be a little challenging or heavy. Now I'm not saying like on the first date, like ask them their credit score, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you afford this restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck on a giant cheap now. You put to spend a hundred dollars on this plate, you need to spend a hundred dollars on your partner. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But Yo, you know, New York company. How much? All right. I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> to have some tact around the conversation, obviously. But right. it's just one part of a larger conversation. But a lot of people, I don't know. It depends on who you're talking to. Because some people aren't even dating on purpose or strategically. A lot of people mm. dating in desperation. Some people are, you know, dating with a purpose, right? But how many people sit with themselves first to say, who am I? What do I bring to the table? And what is it that I need to work on within myself that will keep from creating issues in the future in a situation? How many people do that? Like very few. Very not, few. Not that many, you know? So um so that's I think what someone has to do is before you talk to somebody else, you need to sit with yourself, you know, um and be able to ask yourself these questions and then it'll be easy when you when you talk to somebody else but get some help get a get a counselor or a coach in place to support you in having that conversation there's books about it and all of that so um i think too many people are trying to do stuff by themselves when you mm. guys get some support thanks i do want to ask you this question because it, it slipped my mind earlier but i, I really want to get your thoughts on this so money is taboo like the conversation of money is taboo in our culture right I do want to get your thoughts on why you think that is and and like how we can change that, because I like talking about money. I like being transparent, like, hey, this is the number. This is the thing. But then I have other people that have told me straight up, like, you're doing too much. Like, like you can't you can't you can't talk about those things. But 
I feel like that's where the inspiration comes from because you might have something that I have no idea about, but you wouldn't even give me that information had I not presented something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that it's deep. So money, money is right up there with like sex and politics and religion, mm -hmm. right? As far as like things that um, people don't talk about, I would actually say money is- Hold up, I had to get a picture of A frozen. <laughs> my fault, <laughs> my fault, my fault, my fault. <laughs> Yo. Um, calm sleep on job. Yo, that is going into group text. What? I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh, that's good. That, that was a uh, moment. Y'all let me be. Bruh. Always. The conversation has to be analyzed because it's much deeper than money. So when we're talking about money, we're talking about, you know, belief systems. We're talking about what someone learned growing up. We're talking about mistakes someone feels made that they're holding against themselves. We're talking about how money has been weaponized and used against them. Um, be growing up, the things that were around money. Um, so when we start talking about money, it gets really uncomfortable. People kind of really uh, because it's hitting that they probably haven't addressed. So all they know is that like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Like I don't want to do this, you know. And um, I think that when people can understand that when we start to uncover things, like what is that connected to? Uh, that work is going to lead to you know more openness more in, in other areas of your life. there's like seven domains to what spiritual physical financial occupational um social right so again it's a part of a whole pie <laughs> so if we're neglecting a piece of our wellness it's going to show up somewhere it's like hmm. your health it's going to show up somewhere you know um and and so i think that recognizing that it's okay to have these conversations with the right people because if you keep choosing to have these conversations with people that are not supportive or open or collaborative then then that's you putting yourself in a position to continue to be hit over the head with the information that you already know they're going to say so there's that right mm. um it's, it's really important to recognize that when you have these conversations with the right people then you can move past what comes up for you and begin to block other things. I call it my gateway, my gateway transformation. So my financial journey unlocked some things in other areas that wouldn't have been hit on unless I embarked on that financial journey. Mm. I like that. I like that because sometimes people will throw the like, well, you're, you're so focused on money and, you know, like there's other things in life, but you're literally saying like, no, you're focused on getting that area of your life actually spilled over to the other areas mm -hmm. and probably reveals some things. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know when I was on my financial journey, I realized I was an emotional eater because I was on a budget and I was like, just in. Just because you had a whatever day doesn't mean you can go to Jack in the Box and get these mini churros. Okay. You need to <laughs> go home and eat the food that you bought at the grocery store. And I was like, what is this about? Like, what? Well, but I was always saying yes to myself. I never told myself mm -hmm. no. So I never had the opportunity to face that I was an emotional eater because there was no opportunity. So mm. being on a budget will help you to see how you respond and react when you start telling yourself no. You start acting like a toddler and you're like, no, I wanna do this thing. It's like, come, you're, you're an adult. Like <laughs> you use your you, words. Yeah. You know, use you your words. Um, and so I think that that's why I say 
yeah, you can do other work in the other areas of your life. I had a personal fitness, you know, journey. Um, yeah, fitness journey, natural hair journey, blah, blah, blah. Occupationally, you have to hit it from every angle because there's going to be stuff hiding in corners that you're not going to be able to sweep out until you shed light in that area. So mm. um, that's why that's why I mentioned that. And for everyone, it's a little bit different. It's dope. Rock. Nah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on that part because that makes so much sense that if you have one spoke that's lacking, you don't have time to worry about the rest of them because spirituality, health, one that spoke to me so bad, it ruins every other aspect of your life. Hmm. Hmm. That's it. That's it. And that's what happens. And people don't recognize that you can do something about it. Doesn't mean everything's gonna be perfect. I'm not suggesting anyone do what I'm doing, like what I did. I'm just saying you need to examine your life and your situation and what's holding you back from walking toward the life that you see in your head um, so that you can get on a plan to make that happen or learn how to accept that you are not going to do whatever that work might look like. You know what I mean? You live your best life. You might say, I don't like how things are and I'm gonna continue to do things that way. Okay. All right. I mean, live your best life. <laughs> okay. So, let me ask you this. Uh, because I, I noticed a lot of the journey came from you wanting a better future. You having an idealistic view of, I want my life to at least be at this level. But for the people who don't have the vision yet, how, how can we get the vision to them so they can even start the journey? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have an end goal in mind. So it's like, well, I don't see a purpose for even starting, so why start? Yeah, you know, again, it really comes down to someone sitting with themselves, getting honest. So there's a book called The Lies We Tell Ourselves. And essentially, right, like we know kids learn how to lie pretty young, okay? Oh, man, so, my dad ain't even talking yet and they lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. So, you know, the thing is that if we lie, outside when we lie to someone else that's because we're already practicing self-deception so what happens is that people learn how to practice self-deception pretty early on in their lives and don't recognize that they're practicing it well into adulthood so then people are like you know what it's fine like i didn't really want to start that business or i don't really that's fine if i'm in this relationship it's they they have this this and that quality so that's okay or you know they're like well I'm not really doing okay over here, but I'll just stay at this job and not ask for a raise because maybe one day they'll just offer it to me. And and so that we tell ourselves <laughs> that one hurt a little bit. <laughs> wow. He said, Oh, you stung him with that one. You heard him? <laughs> Yo, she threw a haymaker. What that was a that was a room shaker. Yo, he, oh, he felt that one. <laughs> no. That radical self-honesty is going to rip a band-aid. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it might sting like some alcohol in a wound, but that that's what's already going on in your mind. That's what's already going on in your body. Again, we invest in the things in our mind much longer than we say them out loud. So if someone is just has these little complaints or these little things are unsatisfied with, unhappy with, like that's something to address and look at. So I think that the only way that people can have a vision is when they get honest. Hmm. What like mm. what are you telling yourself that's keeping you from being able to dream and and see that things are possible for you? And when you get honest, then you start getting uncomfortable. When you get uncomfortable, 
that's when you you say, okay, I need to do something. I like Seriously. it. Seriously, I like it too, man. I want to be respectful of your time. But <laughs> I do too. I, but I do want to ask you this question because so like one of my favorite movie moments of all time was uh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix hallway scene. Agent Smith, other agents flood the hallway. Bap, 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 bap. When did you know that you were the one? When when did that <laughs> self when did that self realization like? No, because that's it's that, a transformation moment, right? It's like like sometimes you you realize who you really are. Like when did you mm. when did you when did you know? Hmm. I think I think we all have glimpses of that at different points in our lives, you know? And I think that that's why people also lie to themselves because they see the glimpse and then they're like, that's so far away. Like, come on back, come on back to the, come on back to the matrix. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that I've always had glimpses of knowing that I'm the one in my life. Right. But you're the one in your life. Everyone is mm -hmm. the one in their own life. So, um, it's not, I don't think it was like a one moment type of thing. It's like, Ooh, it's happening right now. Or I'm, I'm aware I'm conscious of it right now. Um, and then it's like, Oh, okay. It goes away. But I've just learned how to stretch out those times where I'm aware and I'm awake and I'm conscious and I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. Like we're doing this thing. But honestly, I just really, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a human doing what I, I don't know, whatever I've decided to do. And so it's not until someone else says something and I'm like, Oh, interesting. Hmm. Like, okay. I'm that chick. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You know. <laughs> um, so I think that I'm. I know I'm the one in my life. But I, I, my goal or my hope is that other people would recognize that they're the one in their life, and that at mm -hmm. any time they can like snap into that. Right. Just like, just like him in the Matrix. It's like it's up to you. Like whenever you're ready to mm -hmm. that, then you can. Um, and if you decide, if you choose, right, like to take a different pill, that's on you. So um, I think that for me, it's like, well, this is my path and what I'm doing. I just want people mm -hmm. to feel authentic and being able to walk into their path and embracing and embodying theirs and what that looks like, because everyone is dependent upon everyone else, right? Like we're all right. connected. So what I'm doing, and that's what keeps me kind of moving forward as opposed to like moving to an island, um, is that <laughs> I'm, I'm contributing to something bigger than myself. And so if I don't do my part, then that might hold someone else up from doing their part. And if you don't mm. do your part, then you're holding someone else from doing their part. So recognizing that I think is key too, because we're, we are all one. And if we're, it's like being on a tandem bike, we all need to be pedaling together. And when we do, it's like seamless, but it's like some people in the community, some people in the world are like pedaling back and forth. And that's mm. why it's difficult to make progress um, holistically because it's really it really takes more people to have these conversations to um, mm -hmm. get honest with themselves to get on a, a plan or or get the support they need to make progress toward what they want to see in their life and um i don't know I'm, i guess that's why i'm glad that we can have this conversation and i appreciate y'all for for the discussions that you have on a regular basis because that's kind of like waking up other people in the matrix i guess Wonderful, wonderful. I got, I got one more, one more, one more thought. I know you got to go. One more thought, really quick, because we we talked a lot about about you and your journey and what you were doing, but you're you also uh, kind of switch gears into helping other people. Could you just kind of just kind of explain a little bit what you're doing with the mindset coach and wellness university that you have going on? Yeah. So essentially, like I I seek to be who I didn't have and and create a community um, for individuals who are on this path that 
need support just like anyone does. Um, and mm -hmm. the information, right, the financial literacy to help them to be able to get on a plan and follow through with said plan um, because it, it's not easy to stay the course because uh, there are a lot of things that are tempting. So I do online coaching. I have um, courses and a community where uh, we cheer each other on. And after this, I'm actually going to hop off for our weekly community call and, and be able to kind of Fire. keep other accountable and and see where we're at and the nice thing is that we i'm african right so a tribe it could be like thousands and thousands of people but a clan is like tight-knit so you know say everyone who is with me on instagram or youtube or the podcast or whatever like we're in the same tribe if you feel like what i say resonates with you then we're then we are you know we're family but it's nothing like being in the community where like, I know your life, you know my life, we're, we're doing this life thing together. So as a therapist, you do, we do therapy once a week and there's a lot of life that happens in a week. So I was like, yeah. uh, you know, life is challenging, right? All it takes is one bad day at work. All it takes is a fight with your partner. All it takes is to lose a family member and that could derail you um, and, and set you off your course. So the community is like, how can we do life together on a daily basis? So we have weekly um, community calls, weekly challenges, monthly themes, daily polls and questions. Um, we talk about the struggles and we talk about the success. So it's not like um, where we're just like, everything is like rah, rah, shish, bah. One day I sent a message to everyone like, is anyone else <laughs> ugling? Because <laughs> <laughs> this one here. <laughs> <laughs> this season is something else, you know? <laughs> so we, we talk about it all and we embrace, we embrace being human and what that looks like, um, which is really cool. So I'd love for anyone who is looking for um, their tribe to reach out and find me on Instagram so I can tell you more about it um, and, and be able to cheer you on from afar. Wonderful. Yo, let Wonderful. them know your handle. Let them know, let yeah. them know where to find yeah, you on Instagram. Where can find you at? Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram. That's just sense gems, J-A-C-E-N-T-S. G-E-M-S. That's also the name of my podcast. And, um, you know, when you come to my internet home, don't be rude. Okay. Say hi. <laughs> um, <and laughs> I don't say hi to you first because I probably will slide in your DMs before you slide in mine. Um, it's because Instagram's being a hater. So look forward to meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> well, just saying, it's been, I, I don't even know, I don't even have the words for the type of gems that you were dropping on this show we definitely appreciate you for having on yes. um we could have this conversation for literally another two hours but i know we want to be respectful of your time you got a tribe you got to get to that that looks for you looks to you for support and vice versa so i just want to thank you for being on um please anytime you're you know you want to hop back on you know we, you have a seat here we just want to just yes no doubt on. Thank you. I appreciate you and love everything that y'all are doing. So we might have to have a, a part two. Maybe I'll bring my husband so he can talk about. Hey, hey super fact. Super fact. That'll work. Yeah, 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 we're down for that. We're down for that. Just let us know when you're ready. <laughs> cool. All right, Jim, let's get up out of here. Descent, it was wonderful having you. Um, check her out. Descent Gems. Listen to our older episodes, Feeble Between Lines podcast, where you listen to the podcast. We'll get out of here, man. This is King Gabe signing off. This is J Rock. And Rez. Between the lines, we are out of here. You guys have a good night. One. <laughs>